0: everyone, welcome to, if we're going to call it an episode number, this would be 46. Really? You can't believe up. it. I can't believe it. The last one posted was 45. Uh, sorry about the audio on the last one. You know, what are you going to do? Um, today, we have our friend, photographer, uh, Arielle is on the show.
1: Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks.
0: Uh, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, who, who you are and what do you do?
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Ariel Panowitz, and I'm a photographer and a creative director here in good old Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I'm super excited to be here and chat today.
0: Welcome. And again, I am your co-host, Parker Steele in the house with co-host Brandon Herbel. Let's get into it. So, uh, Ariel, I met you years ago. You were working at the coffee shop across the street from my apartment. Mm-hmm. You knew my wife. What coffee shop? dundee double shot oh yeah hmm. never heard of it it's it, kind of the most ambiguously named yes. coffee shop i don't know
1: there's a giant sign that says coffee shop yeah. so you can't miss it
0: right okay right on like oh. 50th and capital yeah. okay yeah right next to coals is that still
1: cool yes there? yes
0: yes and kind of in the alley of page turners and all that stuff yeah which can I, just really quick just a little yeah yeah, oh, yeah. little okay. hut okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. excellent coffee I think people kind of breeze over it sometimes. I went there a lot for a couple years, but pretty
1: good. It's a great spot.
2: Yeah, yeah. awesome spot. Super uh, cute. Super
0: nice, super nice gals. Uh, and uh, anyway, you know, didn't just want to have you on because you are a friend and a good person. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I want to talk to you more specifically about a big story that you were part of earlier this year. But before we get to that... Let's talk about um, when you started taking pictures and when you started taking pictures for a living.
1: Sure. So let's see, when we met, gosh, when I worked at Dundee Double Shot, that was so many years 2013, ago.
0: 2013,
1: 2014, yeah. 2014. Maybe, yep, it was at least probably four or five years ago. Um, so let's see, how did I start? So I went to Westside High School Go Warriors. Um, And after school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I gave Lincoln a little stint. I was there for a semester. And then I ventured back to Omaha.
0: Such a familiar narrative. Right.
1: Lost and confused. (laughs) Came back to live out my dream of waiting waiting tables at Sam and Louie's. So I did that for a little while. um, And... Yeah, really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Had always had a camera in my hand growing up and my good old dad pointed out to me that maybe I could be a photographer for a living. So I What was your
0: reaction to that when you said that? Was it initially were you kind of like, "Oh, dad?"
1: No, I I really was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I could because I think okay. as artists in general, mm-hmm. we don't ever I don't we aren't quick to think about the fact that we could potentially make a living doing it. I think a lot of times... Are you always told that you can't yeah. make a living off of
2: doing Never it? occurred yeah. to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. So I think I just always... I mean, I love taking photos. I always had a camera in my hand. I was kind of known as the girl that always was taking pictures. And so...
2: Film or um, digital?
1: Um, I did mainly digital back then, but I, I had some film cameras that my, my grandmother gave me. And then someone broke into my house in Dundee and stole them all. Oh. I know. Like, literally, that's like the only thing they took. Not cool. Just that's upsetting. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was super excited when he said that. I, I think for the first time it opened up my eyes to the fact that maybe I could do something I loved and make a living at. Yeah. So that was cool. Um,
0: yeah, that's cool your dad to say that because I think a lot of people's parents would be like, well, why don't you get a job? with a salary yeah. and then on the weekends you can go shoot weddings.
1: Yeah, for That'll sure. Be, you know? Yeah, totally. No, mm. it, was, it was very cool. Um, so yeah, I looked into a couple programs and I always wanted to live in Colorado. So I, I found a program, um, at the art Institute in Denver and I applied and I got in and I went, um, it was really great. I loved my, my college experience out there. And after that, so I got a BFA In photography from the Art Institute. And after that, I moved to LA. I got an internship out there um, and was miserable. Lasted about six months out there. Why? Um, I mean, the term a city can eat you alive. Uh I literally felt like that is what happened to me out there. Yeah. I just, I think it was like a fairly traditional. Internship story I was very overworked And very underpaid Sure um, I lived In my friend's Living room In downtown mm. LA Which is not like A romantic Place yeah. Downtown Los Angeles right, By right. any means I worked in Venice um, So that was nice But again It was like Just soul sucking To be mm-hmm. in my car For so many hours a day
0: Yeah I couldn't do it
1: No Mm-mm. Especially coming from Omaha It's like What Right Traffic here is very different been traffic there for sure um so yeah I finished up my internship and I came back to Omaha not knowing what I wanted to do not ever thinking that I would stay here and that was almost 10 years ago wow yeah so I I've really just built my business up over the last 10 years or so um I think like all good things in life it takes time and Mm -hmm a shit ton of hard work and right. um yeah I worked at a lot of coffee shops I mean when we met I was I think yeah I was working at a coffee shop full time and still shooting on the side and yeah just um throughout coffee shops and shout I, out to coffee shout out to, Big We time. love coffee <laughs> huge shout out <laughs> huge <part. laughs> um yeah I I just really worked my way up I had a a small um job at Westside in the art department which was surreal going cool. back yeah yeah it was it was cool um you gave back i gave
2: back <laughs> was that all was it photography related was like the internship photography in la well? yeah. yeah
1: yeah sorry so i interned for a filmmaker and a documentary photographer named lauren greenfield um she's made all sorts of documentaries and um, my name is on the credits on the queen of versailles.
2: Okay. Nice. So all right.
1: As an intern or I was a research assistant. Humble brag.
0: That movie yeah, humble brag. <laughs> That movie was insane. So disgusting. I don't even right? know what it is. So, so disgusting. Oh my gosh, you guys should watch it. What is
1: it? <sighs> it's a documentary about um, a guy and his wife who were building the largest house in America. Oh. And they own a shit ton of timeshares. Yeah. Um. And basically, so I was actually, so that was what the documentary was being made on originally. And then, so I was the research assistant for it. And then I discovered um, that they were going bankrupt. I discovered their bankruptcy file. So then the story obviously shifted into this.
2: It's wild. Yeah.
1: It's And the couple is like insane.
2: And you found that out? like I, I did. No Bam. kidding. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. That's
1: right. Okay. Man. Okay, <laughs> so yeah.
2: that movie
0: that really for me encapsulates like the most disgusting uh um aspects of American greed. Yes. And 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 first and foremost, tackiness. Yes. I mean tacky for sure. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible. And then the fact that they went bankrupt, it was like, yeah, well no shit. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Um we recently we watched that show um uh, below deck it it's a, it's a, it's one of the Bravo shows I about it yeah. I, I love it I love it because it's it's centered around these uh the, like essentially the wait staff and the the mechanical crew mm. of these yachts mm. that are then contracted out and typically the people that that rent out these yachts are kind of like the new money um, also just kind of tacky people you know so it, it's a great show but I really like it because it's servers Sure. That are dealing with people. So it's like, no matter where you are, you could be on a yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean. Same shit. Yeah. As if you're working at Barrett's Barleycorn. You know, I mean, it's just people <laughs> are same.
1: people.
0: And that couple was recently on the show. And okay. I was like, oh, weird. Because yeah. I figured they just like disappeared into ambiguity and were living, you know, off the grid somewhere. Because that... The film did not paint them in a great light. Like, it would be hard to come back from that in society. But they're so oblivious yeah. that it's just like, carry on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really sad because they, they they had like a, a daughter that passed away. Mm-hmm. And just even in the way they treated that, I mean, it was almost like, I don't know. It was just, it was materialism on a scale that, that people like us you know, cannot even put together, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but anyway, real gross. You got to see it. Yeah. it, it it's, <laughs> it's
1: really awful. You'll love it. Yeah. It was one of those movies where I like
0: just kind of gave it a chance, you know, and then 45 minutes into it, I'm Yeah, it's, it,
1: it's hard to watch, mm-hmm. but also I I think, yeah, it's, I think it's an important I don't know. Yeah. I came back on it. I'm like, no, no, let's move on. I
2: agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Back to the yeah. yeah. positive things. Right? So yeah, that's right. what I
1: was working on while I was in L.A. So being underpaid and overworked and then having to, you know. See that. Be involved in that type wow. of thing was, yeah, not the greatest experience. So um, yeah. Cool. But it all brought me back to where I am today. Right. Yeah. So
0: dad says, why don't you be a photographer? Why don't you make some money doing this? was your initial thought like how does one when you market yourself as a photographer i feel like and i I have multiple friends that do it um here and and elsewhere it seems like a really tricky racket because i think the perception is oh so you own a camera and you know what i mean like there's i I feel like there's not a lot of um i don't know that people really recognize until they get shitty photos oh right you know maybe we shouldn't have hired you know, uncle Larry to shoot our wedding or whatever. I do a lot of, there's a lot of, Uncle. Larry I know I'm like, references. you really have a thing with Larry. <laughs> yeah, Whoever yeah. You are Larry. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> kind of so how did you, how did you really initially, what were your first steps in building your business and marketing yourself?
1: I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of things you're hitting on are very real in this industry. I think we live in a time that, um, it's more quantity over quality. I, I do feel like that is shifting in a way in our industry, but I think that because we have nice phones and because people mm-hmm. can buy nice cameras, right. um, they, and look, if people are doing that, and I mean, everybody has to start somewhere. Yep. I, you know, my work right now doesn't look like the way it did 15 years ago, I'm sure. sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a more challenging market mm-hmm. um, than, you know, 20 years ago. But I think it's just really figuring out and developing well so I think first of all when building any business is all about relationships so I mean if I seriously can give one piece of advice it would be to just build build relationships with people in your community and don't be afraid to do favors for people and I mean I did a lot of I still do not as much but I think the value in doing things for free for people. um, I think people hear the word free or unpaid, and they don't realize that there's so much value in doing things sometimes that aren't paid. Yeah. Um, So value doesn't always have to be monetary. Um, So I think for me, that was something that um, I realized the importance of really early on. And so I really um, hit that pretty hard when I was building my business, and I I still do. so I think meeting with people, I think when you're building your business, um, something to keep in mind is everything you do is a part of you building your reputation. So right. do a kick-ass job. Yeah. Like, have a quick turnaround time. Do I mean, you know, as quick as whatever quick means to you. Um, you know, go above and beyond, even though you're doing it for free, even if you're not doing it for free. Like, mm-hmm. I think I just over-communicate with clients, over-communicate with... Oh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, just don't... Prove to people why they should pay you. Mm-hmm. Like, build up, you know, raise your prices. Like, I didn't... Maybe I felt like my work was above other people's or different looking or maybe my quality was better, but it was important to me to make sure that I raised my prices accordingly and that I built my clientele up with more affordable pricing in the beginning because I was just starting out even though maybe my work was I don't like saying better because say it well I don't want to I don't like saying that okay so (laughs) different (laughs) different work okay all right all right Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Some people it, could look at my work and be like, "That's not a for subjective me. observation." Yes,
0: sure, All no opinions. opinions.
1: So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think it was important to me to to prove to people why they should pay me, mm-hmm. and then raise my prices accordingly from there. Um, but I think building relationships and proving to people why you are worthy of their investment. Um, and really like asking yourself in the beginning, why are people, why should people pay you? Yeah. Because if you're going to do a shit job and you're not going to care, why should they? Right. Um, and so I think really looking at how you want to set yourself apart with your business and then really, truly implementing those things as you're building it.
0: No, I could not agree more. That <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, I like what you said about, you know, doing things, doing a little pro bono work when you're trying to build yourself up. Uh, you know, I was in school for the last four years at UNO and a lot of young people, the idea of an internship was not, did not appeal to them whatsoever. And I get it because you're young and you're poor and you want to get out and start making money. However, it's a good opportunity to, you know, put your best face forward and really, um, Kind of build yourself around, you know, because anybody can take a job. You can have the skills to do this stuff, but there are things like likability and communication, which you talked about, which are huge, huge, which are so huge. So if you've got, and I don't care what it is you're doing, uh, you know, if you are a, um, if you're working for yourself, freelance, whatever. And you're really, really good, but nobody can get a hold of you on the phone. You don't respond to emails. Somebody has to send you the same text message four or five times to get a one-word response. Well, I guess we're going to go with the other person, you know? Yeah, so true. And I saw that a lot with, um, mostly with uh, group projects, uh, (laughs) which was, I was such a dad. I was such a dad. (laughs) Like, okay, we need to get, you know. Uh, we need to talk to each other, but I I think that's really powerful, and especially when you're doing something like you said, um, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It, it is a subjective thing, and you've got competition. So you know, somebody can really like your photos, but love working with you. They're going to come back. They're going to talk about you. They're going to say, hey, you know, we we hired such and such, and they did great work, and we didn't want to like. End the conversation as soon as humanly possible because they're easy to work with, yeah. and I think a lot of times I think that gets kind of translated into being schmoozy or kiss assy, and I I don't mean that at all. It, more so, just being a person and being communicative, being yeah. prompt with communication. So yeah, that's cool. I saw I see a lot of it, it's such a, a an an old man thing to say, but I just saw a lot of young people that really struggled with that as far as being on top of emails, being on top of communication and yeah. really I mean, and himself. it's
1: hard and it's a, it's a learned thing for sure. Like I still have moments, you know, and I think something too, we're all human. So of course you're going to have moments where you forget or where, sure. where you fall behind and whatever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being vulnerable in those moments and just telling your client or whatever. Like, I mean, I have had, some things where i've dropped the ball you know yep. over the last few years on and i would rather own up to my shit than just completely ignore them so right. i have gone back and seen an email that was two months old and they didn't reach out again and i mean you know maybe i lost a job because of it but like right it all goes back to your building your reputation so just email them and be like hey I dropped the ball on this and I'm really sorry. And if you're still interested, I'd love to hop on a call or take you out for coffee or like, just let me know. But in the end, I just wanted to apologize because you still, you always have an opportunity to amend your reputation. So I think that you should just always be mindful of that. And any chance you get to, you know, fix a potential fuck up, do it. Yeah. Put that ego aside and do yeah, it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cop to it for sure. Yeah, for sure. And most people, I, I don't know. In my experience, I don't know if yours is the same. Most people are pretty forgiving in that situation yeah. because we're you're human. They've done it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Brandon, you work for yourself. You know, you you you've, you can probably speak on that as far as you
2: know having that open open end communication and just keeping it going. I mean, I'm working with uh, Missy, and I're working with Ariel on some stuff right now. And I mean, I missy and i go through this where i feel like i probably over communicate because i don't know what the other person knows and so i'm like here's how i do it this is where i do it this is all the steps just to make sure that like i don't know so i think it's a good balance of communicating but also you know not trying to over explain but um that's why i think we're a good balance too because I prefer to just do the work and not deal with the communication. Not that I mind it. Yeah. I just think that, like, Missy's, like, more of an approachable, like, just really good, like, face of the business and, like, really, like, a good people person. Yeah. Or well, not necessarily that I'm not, but it's just, like, that's, like, her strong suit. So. Right, right. Well, it's good yeah. to know your strengths and yeah. what mm-hmm. you and, don't want to do. Yeah. But, yeah. I have so many thoughts, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been reading a lot. And yeah. have <laughs> been thinking through a lot of things lately. So I'll leave that to another episode. I, guess. I got but, you. Yeah. Okay. So you've built your business up. Uh, we're, we'll jump
0: ahead a few years here. And, uh, and you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're approached by um, an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting job, interesting clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to let them know?
1: Wait, say that again. Okay, so what I'm referring <laughs> to, that was super vague. What I'm referring
0: to is... uh <clears throat> grandmother?
1: The birth? Exactly. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. This yes. is one of the most interesting stories, I think, as far as local news is concerned. He brought it, it up to, to me an immediately, and
2: that's why he's been trying yeah. to get this episode for months now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy thing, for sure. Um, so, yeah, Matt and Elliot um they so I met them we all actually met on the same day so Matt was creating this was probably like 2012 13 um he was a um a teacher and a, a theater drama coach at um Scud. and he was making a film um with some people out in decatur nebraska and elliot is a hair stylist and so he was doing hair um and i some of my friends emily and amanda hey girls um they t- told me they were going out to decatur and what they were doing and i was like that sounds cool right um can i come and take photos which another thing if something sounds cool like go ask if you can take photos yeah i mean, seriously. Um, so I went and it was this very incredible, um, day or two out there in the middle of Decatur, Nebraska, which is a very tiny town. Um, and I met so many wonderful people and that's the day that Matt and Elliot met. So yeah, flash forward.
2: Whoa,
0: you were there the day these guys met each other. Yeah, we, oh, we all okay. met on that day. Okay. Yeah. So this wasn't like some random phone call. Like it's we not found random. This... Okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. All right. I'm with you.
1: So we hadn't we hadn't talked in I mean, we you know, it, that was two thousand twelve, I think. So it had been a few years we were, you know, in touch on Facebook, but nothing major. Um and uh, yeah, they just approached me. Kind of like fairly casually in the beginning about it and said, hey, we're, you know, we're trying to have a baby in a less conventional way. Um, We would love for you to be a part of documenting it if you're interested. Um, And I didn't really know much about, of course, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, just let me know what evolves. Um, And so. Like, well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh, sure, y'all have a surrogate, whatever. Oh, oh man. Um, so, yeah, things kind of moved forward. And um, we met and they, you know, told me what was happening and asked if I, um, you know, said that there was a little bit of press around it, but they didn't want to, you know, get too big um, or get too public on it until yeah. the baby was here for sure. a lot of reasons. Um, so they were like, but we want to do maternity photos. So that was kind of how it started. So we did the maternity photos and um, I, I think uh, BuzzFeed was who had the exclusive on it. So we knew that there was going to be some publicity, but we really weren't paying attention to the publicity part of things at all until the baby was here. That was obviously the first main concern. Um, and yeah, they were like, do you want to come and document the birth? And I was like, sure. Sure um sounds Man. cool <laughs> so yeah they're uh, matt's mother who's 61 years old i realize now i haven't mentioned that part was the surrogate right who's carrying the baby so they used elliot's sister's egg matt's sperm and put it in seal the 61 year old mother
0: yes you heard that correct yes yeah.
1: Yes. Um, so Seal was just the carrier. So um, I mean, not just the carrier, I guess. It's a big job. Yeah. But she was the carrier. Um, and yeah, so I, I photographed the birth. I, I missed it by um, I almost missed it by literally seconds. Um, she was <laughs> she was. At the hospital. She went to the hospital the night before. Um, She was moving real slow. They told me not to come up. And I obviously didn't sleep all night. And then I got a call at maybe 4, 4.30 saying she was maybe moving a little faster. But like no rush. Just like slowly maybe get out of bed. Get ready. Maybe like 30 seconds later, I get a text. She's pushing. Wow. So I get in my car and drive very illegally, down to the med center. Um, luckily, it was early. There was no traffic, so it was easy to blow through lots of red lights. And I frantically ran, um, trying to find the room they were in. Um, and I literally walked in as she was pushing and as the baby was crowning. So, yeah. Then after that, it just got real crazy. Um, <sighs> so, it yeah, it just, over the next... Oh, really like 70, 72 hours, um, it just went viral. Yeah. yeah. It went uh, really all over the world. I think. It was
2: everywhere. I mean, yeah. did it change your career in any way? I mean, has it like...
1: Um, I mean, not in like a massive way by any means. Sure. Um, I think just even having the experience of going viral like that is for me it feels probably like a once in a lifetime experience. Oh for sure. um, yeah,
0: that's definitely
2: unique. Yeah. I job. mean like
1: CNN just like casually calling me. Yeah. Hey, you know, like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Um so them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: um yeah and I think it I think from a I don't know, I think the biggest takeaway was beyond just my career. It was a reminder of really how big the world is, and I mean, like my the original Facebook post has like had over like two point six million views. It was in like over fifty countries. It was, I mean, it was a very crazy experience. Um,
0: makes me nervous just hearing that, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, it just yeah. It, yeah. Like this many people, you know, spotlight. Yeah. On me. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, it really wasn't about me. Per se. True. But true. Well, it was a, you
0: yeah. were part of it. You yeah. were, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, but it hey, was, it was you cool. You did most of the work. I yeah. Guess. It was actually <laughs> all about me. <laughs> um, it was cool, though, to see. I mean, of course, there were a handful of trolls. Is that what they call them?
2: Oh, of course. Controls. But, like, yeah. for
1: the most part, people were so kind and yeah. so accepting and welcoming and um, for something that was very, really different and out of the norm. And people were just very kind and supportive. And these strangers just like really fell in love with these humans that they had never met. And they just showed them a lot of support. And um, I think in the age of social media, where we forget that people are people, it Mm -hmm. was just really cool to see um, the outreach and the support for um, a very seemingly different type of family.
0: Yeah. I mean, my initial reaction to it, I think I read the, um, world Herald article first and I had to read, mm-hmm. I had to read it a couple of times. I'm like, am I reading this right? Yeah. There's multiple aspects about this that are just totally, totally crazy. But the biggest one for me is that, I mean, it just shows how insane and how tough, the human body, like what the human body can do and what, what science can accomplish. Because mm-hmm. you have a woman who, what, was she 60 when?
1: 61.
0: Okay. Yep. 61 years old. Mm-hmm. Now you hear about a pregnant 61 year old and it's mm-hmm. like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you, just doesn't really happen. Yeah. And, um, the fact that she was, that she carried the baby to term mm-hmm. and had a traditional delivery, mm-hmm. like does she wrestle bears on the weekend? <laughs> like, does does she, I mean, I know in the article, it was like, uh, the, the, the position, whoever it was was like, yeah, she was really healthy. I'm like really healthy, yeah. <laughs> dude, like
1: really, really, we're healthy.
0: talking about a superhuman right now. Yeah. I mean, for real, mm-hmm. like I, uh, you know, my wife was, was 30, uh, 31 when we had a baby. And so I've seen, you know, Brandon has a daughter and you see what that does You know, it's not, it's not a walk in the park for, for anybody. So to see her do that, you know, is not only such an act of love that somebody would do if they could, but physically Mm -hmm. y'all. Yeah. Wowzers.
1: Yeah. Seal is a majestic woman. Okay. She, um, I mean, she didn't even like make a peep. During? Of course not. No, she looked over after Uma was out and asked for an orange soda and said she was thirsty. And I was like, "Oh, Here's you're thirsty? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. let me get you whatever the hell you want." Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. She she was truly so incredible. I mean, she had a great pregnancy and she she um yeah she was definitely in. Um, you know, really peak physical condition to do it. Of course, the doctors wouldn't just let any sixty right. one year old person go through this. So right. it was interesting. There were definitely a lot of people, you know, on the internet that were like, "How could you put a baby at risk?" But it's like, doctors. She went through many tests. Yeah, to even get yeah. to that
2: point where yeah. she got pregnant, they would have had a right. Um, well,
1: cause...
0: and they're gonna they're not gonna treat this as a, a as like a one off. Well, we'll see what happens. Like right. that's not how it works, folks. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, but it was it was incredible. It was an incredible experience and um, seeing, yeah, how just calm, cool and collected Seal was at 61 doing that and then just watching oh, I like literally get teary-eyed talking about it, but just watching her be just this incredibly selfless person and yeah. doing this for her child and his husband and um I mean, she just didn't even think twice about it mm-hmm. and sacrificing, you know, a lot of things that she had to to do this and um, then watching her be able to hand the baby. Oh, man. To, oh, I mean, it was just a lot of tears. Yeah. you know, A lot th- of tears. Like
0: childbirth, he, you, you think about it um, and whatever, you know, especially as like guys, you know, and it's <laughs> like, oh, she had a baby or whatever. Yeah. When I was in the room when my nephew was born and like afterwards, like, Bald like a baby. Oh. I mean, it hits you in the face. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, life, it's just yeah. like, bam! Yeah. You know?
1: Oh,
0: and, yeah. And, uh, and, then they and so older, I can't even imagine. And then they <laughs>
2: become teenagers. And yeah. Like, then oh, and
0: enough. then they hate you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, I, I just think that's so cool. And I do think it's cool uh, and really kind of impressive that uh, it seemed like, you know, we're in Nebraska So this is a wild story wherever you are. But I felt like the perception that um, certainly, like from the World Herald and other press sources, it was positive. And it wasn't like, look at this weird thing at all. It was like, look at this really, really cool thing that happened, you know, that was put together through acts of love and amazing science and all that stuff, you know? And, and so I kind of had to pat Omaha on the back for yeah, that one. Totally. The, the fact that it was treated like that. Um, I grew up in a small town. So, I mean, Brandon and I grew up in Grand Island, kind of mentioned that. And, uh, and so it just kind of reminds you how far we've come as, uh, Nebraskans, I guess yeah. that this is something that we can look at and fully appreciate Yeah, most of us, of course, there's going to be a bunch of assholes in anything that happens,
1: but, um, no, it was really, and we talked, you know, Matt, Ellie and the family and I, you know, talked a lot about how we think it's really cool that this happened in Nebraska because, you know, um, yeah, I think it just helped shift people's perceptions a little bit, hopefully on, um, the conservativeness of Nebraska, but yeah, yeah, everybody's all the articles everybody that was everything that was published locally was so wonderful and yeah. great and um it was really cool to see that
0: yeah you know i uh, i i love to talk about um, you know when when people are are upset or uncomfortable with uh two moms or a two dad situation and i i just love to point out i didn't grow up with a dad yeah i would have been super happy with any dad you know yeah. i mean So, and there are a lot of kids that feel the same way, you know? So let's not take it easy, folks. Maybe divert that energy to, uh, I don't know, big brothers, big sisters. Maybe maybe spend some (laughs) of that that energy helping things out instead of bitching on the internet. You know, it just kind of drives me crazy. And that's what I thought about that whole thing, which when it was happening, I was like, oh, God, you know, there's going to be. And I didn't really. and, And again, I wasn't part of it. So nobody. But really kind of had to dig yeah. a little bit. It wasn't like my point is the major reaction was super positive and it was uh, framed positively by a major local publication. It just, again, I can't get over how cool I thought that was. Now, will you, um, what was your name again?
1: What was, uh, the, the daughter. Uma. Uma. Uma Umalu. Hi, Uma One day you'll listen to this and yeah. it'll be so cute. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how is Uma doing?
1: She's good. She's yeah. like the cutest baby. Yeah. One of just really the cutest little babies ever. Um She's, yeah, she's doing good. People Magazine did a follow up on the family. So that was really cool. And there's been some... Um there's some stuff in the works um that the family is going to be a part of. Good. Um so there will be a documentary coming out, Good. documentary TV um show um and potentially a movie also that might have a comedic twist because Seal the mother who gave birth, uh, Matt's mom she is just a very hilarious woman. Okay. Um so Oh she's the, funny too. Yeah. Oh I know. Jesus. She's the whole package. <laughs> truly. Gives birth, cracks jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely some cool follow up stuff. And Matthew and Elliot are also just very wonderful humans. Um and yeah, like you said, it's it's cool to see i think these days well any day it's what's most important is just being a good person and raising other good humans exactly like who gives a shit if it's a mom and a dad exactly
0: i Um. mean and i i really have to give uh huge props to them for not it it didn't seem slimy as far you know like they took their time Mm -hmm. in in breaking the news I hadn't heard about it until it had happened. And that is such a good idea. Yeah. Because the fact that it wasn't this publicized, you know, reality TV show, for lack of a better phrase, along the way really added to how wholesome, you know, like how how true the whole thing was. And it's not like – so if anybody wanted to – if any moron wanted to be like, well, this is some kind of publicity. This is just wacky, blah, blah, blah. It's like, not really, because they're not, th- yeah. you know, it's not. Yeah. I didn't get that at all, you and know? I think
1: they realized that they had an opportunity to really share their story and to make, um, to show other people that something like this is possible for, you know, a same-sex couple. Yeah. And um, so I think that, you know, they... They really realized that they, you know, had a platform and an opportunity to, to share that. And so I know that that was important to them and important to do it in the right way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be challenging to know what the right way is a lot of times. Right. um, Not a manual
0: for that one. Yeah.
1: I think they really, (laughs) they really opened themselves up to some potential, you know, really poor criticism. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just, it was all, it all felt very right and tasteful and, um, I had the original post, so I got to delete any trolls Beautiful. on the comments, so that was nice. Well, that's,
0: <laughs> that's my next question. Was it kind of, you know, when the initial, you know, viral thing hit and... Um, was it kind of was it kind of nice when that the wave kind of went back a little bit? I oh, mean, just God, speaking yes. for me, because I would I would I would, like I have enough anxiety as it is, you know. I kind of like to move around as a wraith in yeah. the world, but I have a podcast and play live <laughs> yeah, music. Doesn't really make sense, <laughs> but um, having that spotlight on, I just feel like it would kind of freak me out. So, was it kind of nice when it when things like when CNN quit calling and and when <laughs> you know?
1: Yes, it was a. Probably one of the most intense weeks of my life. Um, It was, it literally took over everything. So anybody can publish the story, but nobody could use my images without having my direct consent. So I had to respond to every email, every phone call, every Facebook message um, if anybody wanted to use any of the photos. And my, I mean, I, so a few days in, maybe a weekend, I got violently ill. Because I my body literally was like yeah. not well right because I once it got overseas was when it really got like super crazy because my phone was literally ringing like 24 hours oh a day. for sure um so and people are so persistent obviously it was a very I mean it was a time sensitive story because everybody wants to have the exclusive and everybody <laughs> wants to publish it first
0: journalists it's rough being a journalist these oh, days my God. they got to get the story you know, yeah yeah so it was just
1: like. I mean, if I didn't respond in like 20 minutes, it was just email after a call, call, call. So it was it was crazy. Um, yeah. It yes. Once it calmed down a bit, it was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely like, a yeah, 72 hours of craziness, spotlight, a lot happening. And then you know, people are so kind though also, like yeah. so many like friends and family and local people, you know, but it was I felt silly at the time complaining in any way about it, but it 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 was very crazy. I got very very sick. Right. And my body was like, "Yo, you should like sleep for a minute." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Cool, I'm going to do that now."
0: Yeah. I, the same thing happens with me yeah a week of stress and you're just like running on fumes whatever yeah now, I've never gone viral but definitely it's funny how your body is like we're gonna get through this and then afterwards we're falling through the fucking floor right like you literally know? like yeah. you're gonna
1: be as sick sicker than you've been in like 10 years
0: right right it's like,
1: cool I hear you yep see you Loud and get clear.
0: get some sleep yeah. but I bet your folks were just like beside themselves yeah yeah I was like yeah. told ya Yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah my dad Shout out to you,
0: dad. I just see your dad, like, pulling the newspaper down. (laughs) Yeah. This is all me. Yep, yep.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, they were, it was, yeah, they were, they were cool.
0: You know, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's such a cool story. It's so cool. Anybody listening that doesn't know about this, you can Google it and check it out. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Super interesting. And actually, on that same note, Brandon, Mr. Herbal, I was uh, gazing at your, uh, uh, your Instagram stories this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, you were in Chicago, mm-hmm. and you got to see the work that you did for Nike. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Too. plastered up on the wall. That had to feel good, man. Yeah.
2: Well, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I knew it had been there. It was weird. I originally had designed those for T-shirts, and just thought nothing of it. It was years to, ago, uh, 2000. So so weird. I Missy and I went out. To dinner, and I have like it was on my Gmail account. Nike emailed my Gmail. Somehow found my name, found my Gmail at email address. I still have it. It was June twentieth, which was Van's birthday, uh, two thousand eleven. Oh wow! So Ryla wasn't even born yet, and Van was like two. Didn't even know who we were in Van, the duplex. Little, yeah, didn't even know who little Van was. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> but so wild to like see that email, and then go to nike town in chicago which is fucking massive it's like four floors and it's just plastered up the entire like escalator walls in the entire building so So it was cool cool. because i knew it was there but i just had never seen it right so i don't know it it was surreal i mean i'd seen it in photos from other people sending it to me when they were there like a handful of times but it was really cool to see it yeah man and it was you know something to brag to missy about like well, you see that? do you know who you're with? Yeah. Time? Yeah. <laughs> right. Nike. Nike. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say,
0: uh, I'm, I'm not like a big athletic apparel guy. Most of my stuff is brandless. But that, the snake with the Nike thing, I would wear Just that shit. Yeah. I would wear that shit. Yeah. It
2: looked cool. It looked you way know cool. That's
1: it's... the biggest compliment that Parker would wear. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. I, you made it. I, I, <laughs> I think speak. the cool
2: <laughs> thing about Nike, too, is that. They really advocate for, like, smaller designers. I mean, the last 10 years, they've pushed really big on, like, collaborating and working with, like, just small illustrators, designers. I mean, constantly am I, like, seeing friends or friends of friends just in our, like, design community that I've known over the years that I've, like, worked with Nike. And they're just always, like, doing cool shit. Right. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I mean...
0: Didn't, wasn't the Nike swoosh designed by a design student and yeah it, it was like this like
2: twenty one uh, year old like female college student that did it for like forty bucks or something yeah I hope she no she got a they, uh, they gave her uh <laughs> okay. right. yeah, no, they gave her a bunch of like stock and tons of money okay. um but yeah, it's super interesting and so that was the thing too is like when I was doing the project, my style was known for like americana like vintage Mm -hmm. textured look and feel of stuff so a lot of the stuff that they were sending me as reference were old designs and like the original like Mm. 1972 like versions of stuff so it was like really cool to like see that history of nike and then like throwing my spin on you know 2012 version of it so i don't know it's just cool that they're just doing shit like that and then like next to the nike town Is Nike Labs, and they had a thing where you could donate your old shoes, and people were in there like donating them, Mm -hmm. and they're using the shoe and the rubber from the shoes to build a basketball court for underprivileged kids. It's just like super badass that they're like, I don't know, just recycling and doing cool shit, like working with local artists and I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think it's interesting saying or talking about, you know, them and that they use local designers and that they, um, you know, still as the massive company that they are, that that's important to them. I think it just goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning about how, when you're building your business, really think about like, what do you want to be known for? What's important Mm -hmm. to you? And I think it's important to stick to, to figure out what's the most important and stick to those things. No matter how big you get, like, I hope that, You know, one day when I'm a massive superstar, I will still. One day? (laughs) When?
2: (laughs) What? (laughs)
1: Um, That, you know, I'll still over communicate with clients. I'll still like be very attentive and I still want to have a quick turnaround time. And, you know, like it's important to me to still support local and still give back. And so it's cool to see that Nike is still implementing those things. It makes
0: you, it almost makes you wonder like, is that an inherently kind of a kind of a Nebraska thing a little bit, the politeness, the the work ethic, you know. I mean, it's not – I've not worked – I've not, like, collaborated with people in other areas of – I mean, I've, a little bit, but not like, not like you guys. And so – but I do – I feel like I would hear that from friends, you know. They're like, mm-hmm. God, really uh, just easy to work with. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean, easy to work with. Like, a little bit of humility. You know, and just not, Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I know that they're assholes wherever you go, but it just seems like I, I hear that a lot, especially with people that we've talked to on this show. It's kind of the running theme yeah. and everybody that we've talked to is doing pretty all right. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: So. Yeah. I um, don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's kind of I've been doing it for a long time and I feel like this last year I've learned a lot about myself and the importance of like, you know, my moniker is all work, no sleep, but that's not good (laughs) right I mean it'll kill you when I was in my early 20s and didn't have a kid and like that was the only thing I knew how to do was to try to do something to make something of myself yeah that that's what it was but now I'm like oh I need to like get sleep I need to go on a walk I need to like I you know like doing things with you know people in the community um doing things that aren't about money like doing things just to like have that experience and meet those people, and I don't know. Just like enjoy life while you can, and it's not all about the accolades or the money or the houses and whatever you get from that. Like it's just like just make cool shit and be cool to other people. Like right. just like I don't know. I and treat this- and, and also like treat like be good to yourself. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. holy shit. Like I don't know. And That's I've huge. like two books. I don't know. That's just like, like everyone needs to check out, especially like in the creative mindset. But essentialism is a great book. And then atomic habits are two that like legit in the last couple of months have just like blown my mind. I checked
0: out atomic habits. I didn't buy the book, but I checked it
2: out when you said it. To but me. something it's to cool. like check out too. Cause it's just like, yeah. I don't know, just you got to take care of yourself. Well, I think yeah. there's this
1: perception that if you hustle I don't know, there's this perception that you can't hustle and rest. Like you can and I'm guilty of it. I think we all in our minds are like, Okay, well if I'm not like hustling all the time then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it or I'm not gonna succeed in the ways I want to. And it's like you can still hustle and also rest and take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. just like the two are not mutually exclusive and I think you are able to hustle more when you do rest. But it's definitely like a learned thing. Like I still have to force myself to Step away and go on a walk, and and you really realize the value. I mean, you just, you don't realize the value of it until you do it. And then it's easier to get in the routine of doing it. Yeah. But like, you're still hustling hard, mm-hmm. even if you're resting. That
0: was even, you know, uh, working at a local bar and kind of trying to change the face of it over a course of years. I worked myself into the ground because I felt like if I wasn't there, things were going to fuck up and then I was going to get phone calls and there was going to be blah, 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 blah. And it almost killed me. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, but like on day 10. It was just like I am psychologically exhausted and incapable of being friendly or even like having, you know, like the lights are on and nobody's home. And I think that goes for especially if you're involved in anything that's physically demanding or whatever, like it's it's going to totally affect your mind. You've got to take it easy. It's really hard
2: for a lot of people, especially when you spend most of your 20s just grinding. It's, you know, it's like I'm trying to think of a. This is kind of a vulgar way of explaining it, but the only way I can think, but like with with Missy going out on her own these last couple weeks, it's like a heroin addict like going through withdrawals. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's like Missy, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you don't have a person downshifting. You don't have a company to work for. Yeah, Yeah. and so she doesn't realize that like. Oh, I'm just not off for two weeks. Yeah. It's like, no, this is like the way your life is. And like all these people that we're working with and all these things that we're doing, this is because of you. And this is because they want to be a part of what you have to offer. And like like, oh, you want to do stuff around the house? You want to go like spend two hours and like be in the gar like pull weeds or whatever. She like, you know, just wants to Guilt do it. It's free. like yes, yeah. go do that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, and so like it's like really interesting to see like how like almost like like legit the tox like toxic like environment and the people and the stress and all that stuff is like coming out and she's just like exhausted but i know that then it's just going to be like watch out like shit is going to get like real crazy here in a couple weeks i think that's actually a perfect analogy
0: because i went from you know going to school when i wasn't at school i was at work and managed to wrap that up around the time uh our son showed up And so I went from just like, go, 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 go to at home with a baby all day. It was rough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like just adjusting to to mental or mental, physical, like every mental, but yeah, (laughs) Uh, but like real,
2: real doughy, but like (laughs) real doughy, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those things where like, it just, you just, you're so used to doing something a certain way Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think what's hard about, I mean, so I was the creative director for a company for four years and also had my business. So I was working so many hours. Mm -hmm. And yeah, once you get out of it, it's definitely like it doesn't feel real for the first, I mean, really few. I mean, I still have days. I've been full-time on my own. This is my first year full-time on my own, not shooting for another company and doing my business. And I still have days where I'm like, is this real? Right. Is this really my job? So I think it's hard finding... A balance between. I mean, it's like the the dream is to own your own business, but there's like it never stops. Like the thing you just constantly have in the back of your mind, like what do I need to do? Because if I don't do it, nobody's gonna do it for me, and I have to build my own business. But also, you work so hard so you can have your own business, so that you can like go and pull some weeds in the garden if you want to, or you know. So I think it becomes even harder when you are on your own to find that balance because it's much easier to be like i got to work 24 hours a day and it's like well oh, but you work so hard to have your own business so you don't have to work yep. sure. 24 hours a day
2: or charge more on weekends yeah. that's another thing that we're learning <laughs>
1: it's crates. like rates yeah
0: so aria what i i know you're always working you've got some stuff in the works um what what are your current plans as much as you can go into it cuz like we mentioned earlier brandon and aria <laughs> Bones Co <Our>, uh, are <laughs> you guys are working together um, I mean in so many words like what 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 are you looking at right now sure. what's 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 happening
1: So um, I uh, see a need for something in the community um, and have for a while now and I feel like there's so much talent. I don't feel like there is. There is. There is so much talent in Omaha um, and so many incredible entrepreneurs here and creatives and small business small business owners, change makers. Um, and I feel like Omaha is on the brink. I mean, we're kind of really in it right now of this really big creative boom. And yeah. um, I feel like to keep this talent here and to help them feel empowered, we need to have adequate you know, physical spaces for them to come together in, for them to create in. Um, so I'm working on making that happen. Cool. And I'm working with a lot of really amazing local um, people and Bones Co. being one of them, working on some fun branding stuff around it and stay tuned for more on that yeah and do stay tuned (laughs) i
0: mean i know um you guys are both pretty good about posting stuff so i mean bones co follow them on instagram what's what's your instagram
1: mine is ariel panowitz a-r-i-e-l-p-a-n-o-w-s-e-z
0: Follow that stuff follow and stay it. tuned. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like something I'd be into, stay tuned and reach out. Yeah. because uh, I, I think it makes perfect sense. And, you know, as you said that about, you know, Omaha being a kind of a creative hub, and I think that that was maybe looked at as a flash in the pan renaissance and it's still going oh yeah
2: i mean it, it's 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 real to it's also happened. speak on that too is i don't think it's even like hit the fuck no, like it's no not i even it's like exactly like just right. starting yeah. like and not to you know not to like throw like what we're doing uh not like together but even like separately like as photography or design uh, in the whole realm of like where we're at there's been like the same five or 10 people or companies in town doing Mm -hmm. it for so long. And there's just so many talented, like young people out of college, uh, just in their twenties, early thirties that are just like, Yeah, I just think, like, it's just, like, legit getting started. Yeah. And people are understanding, like, oh, I can't have my own business. And actually, if anything, Omaha's the place to do it. Yes. Because it's affordable to do it. Exactly. Like, going to Chicago and seeing those spaces. But I'm like, oh, this is, like, millions of dollars for this little space. And, you know, people, uh, you know, on, like, 13th Street and, like, Little Bohemia. And just, like, what they're doing down there. And it's just, like, all these pockets of town doing cool shit and supporting each other and... Yeah, I just think it's like going to blow up. God, speaking of
0: little Bohemia, I'm always, I always leave before the party's fun. I lived in that neighborhood and it was not great 10 years ago. It was just, there was was nothing there. Yeah. And now I go down there and I'm with my nephew who's 12. And I'm like, yeah, dude, not. (laughs) And it's not even, you know, I mean, it's still in progress, but I think that's so cool that people are starting to invest in those areas and yeah everybody's going there's going to be grumpy people oh you're gentrifying these neighborhoods well they're just sitting there right. folks like yeah. what do you want yeah. you know i mean come on it's got to ha- it's going to happen I see sometime both sides
2: but yeah if anything it's it's bringing people down there it's uh there's providing really business yeah, yeah i mean
0: and can i just say you know with it's weird to think like i feel like one area that is almost lacking in this is the old market i don't know what that looks like or what that takes. It feels like it's
2: stuck in time. Yeah. It does. I don't know. i does. lived here for 15 years and it really, it's not, not changed much. much. No. 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 But I don't know what you would change. I mean, I, I think it is what it is. Like we just took the kids down there a couple of weeks ago and like, it's okay. Yeah.
0: I think getting it's- anybody that's visiting Omaha to take that, that Uber, whatever, four miles north, south or east or excuse me, or west you know, to check out Omaha is a good thing, yeah, because mm-hmm. they're they're going to spend cash and they're going to look around and go, "Oh my God, there's more to this town than the baseball stadium and the brick streets in the old market." You know, yeah. so that's yeah. a good thing. Um, well, before we wrap this up, Ariel, plug away. The microphone is yours. Let him know. I know we mentioned social media, but go ahead.
1: Um. Yeah. Just let's be friends follow me on social media um i love getting weird and doing funky creative weird shit so um and i also just love meeting people and talking with people and hearing people's stories and um i think there's huge power in that so if you ever want to get coffee um just message me and if i don't respond just message me again there you go (laughs) seriously
0: there you go well thanks for coming on the show it's awesome thanks for having me guys catching up brandon
2: you got anything no, yeah, just uh, excited to be here. Okay. I, I will say it's <laughs> funny. I, I, I did Well, I did see a meme. You know, it's funny in the Midwest, but it's like, no, yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah, and no, like what yeah, the what yeah, all those things yeah. are, because so I'm like, fuck, I keep saying that shit lately, yeah. and I'm like, just like the, oh, like now that people brought that to my attention, oh, I say that horrible. shit all the time. Oh, so, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I, I'm leaning I, into Ope. I don't I, mind it. I oh. epitomize <laughs> all those
0: things. <laughs> That's me. Well, I just, before we wrap things up, You know, we like to throw a little splash of uh, mental health in in this podcast. And uh, uh, I got a phone call from a dear friend uh, this weekend who was having a super rough time and was just feeling really low and was kind of not, it's not like he called me with a rope around his neck, but it was, he was, he was in a grim spot. And I've, I've done the antidepressant thing. I've done the therapy thing. But I told him what I've talked about a lot. Anybody listen to this. This is the only advice that I will ever give as far as how to improve mental health. And I had to tell him. I was like, go do as many push-ups as you can. And it is so hard to be depressed. It's so, stu- it's so Not simple. Not what I thought you were going to say. No, <laughs> no. no just,
1: yeah. Get your ass up and do some push-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because
0: though. I felt like in all uh, – and this is stuff that Brandon and I have talked about a lot in the last two years. And uh, and I really I cannot say enough how much doing really, really strenuous physical activity has been so beneficial for me. It's like that thing that I have to remind myself every couple of years That's where true. like I fall into a spot. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you feel it's hell when you're in the middle of it. But then you get going. Those
1: endorphins. It it's true. Yeah, it for works.
0: Sure. And um, and so yeah. I and after I got done talking to him, uh, we were kind of texting back and forth. And I'm like, I know I kind of sounded like a corny dork, but that's really all I got. You know, that's 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 what I'll tell anybody because I think people our age a lot of times you end up drinking too much or 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 you know. Being destructive with with whatever because it's a quick fix, but in the long run, it's just going to screw you over. So I just again reaching out to anybody you're having a rough time. Like Brandon goes on a walk every morning. I train with uh, a man who could kill me with his bare hands. Today, I almost died. <laughs> I mean, I really, really did. I thought today was the first time I ever thought I was going to throw up in the middle of a
2: workout. Ooh, I've never had rough. that before. That <laughs> it was like, terrible. he was, I, like, did too. He was like, <laughs> I just did Pilates when I threw up though. I did throw up. Did you, you did throw <laughs> up. afterwards. I oh, wasn't in God. the middle of it, but I it, like, it, <laughs> I, it fucked me up. Sometimes. No, man, I was oh, yeah,
0: in the middle real. of, of doing this boxing thing and, and it's never hit me before. But, uh he looked at I must have just gotten pale he was like whoa you okay and I just had to give the one finger I did it didn't happen but I was sure Oof, that it was going down but it makes me feel better. it just that's that's all I gotta say it sounds ridiculous I know people listen to this it sounds
2: jockey or whatever I'm not a jock not into sports whatsoever I'm gonna quickly add to I swear to god I'm not getting like like endorsements from atomic habits, but it's so funny because they talk about instant gratification. So like drinking or yeah. eating junk food or all yeah. those things because you feel good instantly, right? Losing weight, like becoming sober or not drinking as much or all those things you have to work for it. And right. it takes time, but it's like uh like a goal, like living by the m- mindset of just reaching all these goals. Every time you hit a goal, which it's really hard to get to that goal, then it's like, well, shit, what's my next goal? Yeah. And then you're stressed out and working towards this next goal and it's miserable. It's like, so changing your life to like, just have that as a habit. Like it's just who you are. And so like those types of things of like thinking in that way um, and being cognizant of like how I'm living my life and treating my body and my mind like, it's a game changer. Like yeah. legit in the last six months of like, I feel like I'm a completely different person. Look at life completely different. Like just approach mm-hmm. things differently. feel better. Just, I it's think crazy. collectively
0: at this point, you and I have probably lost close to 100 pounds.
2: I'm mm-hmm. 60 pounds in the last year. It's been 60 pounds. Okay. So. You're wow.
0: 60. I'm pushing 30. So we're almost there. Impressive. We're almost Got there. Got some work to do. Yes, definitely. As a matter of fact, I think we need to do a 10K jog. We, no, I'm done for the day. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Arielle, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time.